to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shute and I'm here today with myself. <laughs> so I'm not with Paul today, Paul's doing other things and um, I'm just here and I'll, I thought I'd choose a subject that would be really, really good for us to sort of engage with personally, something that wouldn't involve so much conversation-wise. And um, I promised Vince not to talk about the weather. He did have a little dig at me and say, every time you start the, uh, the recording, you always talk about the weather. And today's weather actually is a little bit overcast. So Vince, it's overcast today, not so good. But I'm happy because I'm off to the Country to Country concert um, down at the O2 in London. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that, so that'd be great. So after, after this recording, I'm going to jump on the train, get down to London, and uh, have a good time with my wife. So that'd be great. Looking forward to that. So today's going to be talking about sorting your finances out but from the coaching one of the things i've realized is it's actually you need more cash inflows sometimes so there's there's three things we can do for financial success okay increase cash inflows reduce cash outflows and reinvest the gains the difference for compound growth over time it's that clear it's that simple we can add in lots of complexities around it but there's three things that count increase cash inflows reduce cash outflows and reinvest the difference for compound growth and gains over time. So we spend quite a bit of time on our bank account system, getting financially well organized. And if you're not familiar with that, go and check out warrenshoot.com, have a look on there, pick up my book, The Money Plan. It's a really, really, really good strategy of getting yourself financially well organized. That's such an important point. And we ask ourselves, we need this, do we want this? Can we get a similar experience for less? on each of the expenditure items, and that reduces our outgoings. But when our income just matches our outgoings, we really need to find that magic 12.5%. And remember that magic 12.5% is the first working hour of the working day. We need to find at least that magic 12.5% to start saving up for our emergency cash. You know, remember it's a thousand pounds to start off on day one, repay our unsecured debt. Once our unsecured debt's repaid, we then build up our emergency cash or emergency reserves to three to 12 months of our expenditure. And then only then, once we've done that, do we take that emergent, that 12.5% and we split it 40, 40, 20. We've got 40% of it on our mortgage over repayment, 40% of it on our uh, into our retirement accounts, our pensions, and 20% of it we actually pay back to ourselves so we can enjoy it, because this is a journey. You're making sacrifices at the early stages, you're giving up things that you enjoy, you're cutting your expenditure so lean so that there's no fat on the bone, for want of a better word, um, so you're making it very, very tight for yourself, you won't survive that forever. And therefore, we need to make sure life is enjoyable. So we make sacrifices at the beginning, so we make quick wins, and then over time, we relax it a little bit by paying 20% of this 12.5% back to ourselves. But what if there isn't 12.5% in the budget? What if there's no surplus money for you to do anything with? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how can we generate additional income, additional revenue into our family unit so that there is surplus money in there so that we can start paying through all those things that I've just gone through. Okay. So as with everything, it begins with psychology, your mindset. I have this acronym, PSAR, Psychology Strategy Action Review. And it's really a great acronym to ensure that you follow with everything in life if you think about this you've got to get your mindset right if you're listening to this saying Warren I can't earn any more money Warren I'm maxed out I can't do anything I don't have any more hours in the day I don't have any more ability to earn money this that, and the other 
your psychology, your mindset isn't right, and therefore you won't. But why does somebody else deserve the right to earn more money than you? Why does somebody else deserve the right to have things that you don't have, if you want them? So it really does begin with your psychology, your beliefs. What is it you believe about yourself and what you're worth? And what is it you believe about what your future holds? And having a compelling vision of the future and how you see the future and what it is you want to visualize it yourself. And in step one of the five steps of the money plan, that's why it starts with compelling vision. How do you want to live the rest of your life? It'd be very, very easy for me to get people's attention by saying to them, hey, let's do this investment. Let's invest in these small caps. Let's invest in these value shares. And let's do this, that, and the other because it's exciting. But really, what does it matter? There are too many wealthy, unhappy people out there. Getting rich is a process. It takes time. And if we put our life on hold for the whole duration until we've got all the money, we'll find that we've spent all our life, but we've saved all our, all our money. It doesn't work that way. It's not, not going to be, it's not an enjoyable, fulfilling lifestyle. So what's important is that we enjoy the process. Now, there will be sacrifices along the way, but they will be things that we're giving up in order to gain something better. It's like a diet, isn't it? Um, we might enjoy pizza. I enjoy pizza. But if I ate pizza every day, I'd be 25 stone. Therefore, we give up pizza every day to have it occasionally so that we can be healthy and be more vibrant, a bit more energetic and enjoy life um, the way things are. So it's about mindset. It's about having a compelling vision, a big enough reason why. I forget the guy who wrote the book, but the, um, why, the power of why. You know, what's our compelling reason why we want to do it? Why do you really want to earn more money? What, what is it? Now, you will do more things for other people than you will yourself. So are there other people in your life who are important, who you really need to be an example for, step up to and really change? I know when I had my son 14 years ago, our lives changed. I've always been very driven and very excited about learning new things. I enjoy learning new things and developing. But it was then 14 years ago that maybe a bit more than 14 when my wife got pregnant, but it was really about then that things changed for us. I had a bigger compelling reason that I wanted different things for the family unit. And sometimes that's what you've got to look at. You've got to look at, why am I going to do it? And that might be different for you. You might say, actually, no, for me, I deserve it. I'm a single person. I live on my own. I deserve more. I don't want to live where I am. I don't want to do the job that I'm doing. I don't want to worry about money. Whatever the thing is for you, spend some time write this stuff down, get a journal. I have a journal, I journal every single day. I think it's so essential. And not only journal, but look back on what you've written and read through it and actually learn from yourself because you will be your best teacher. You will be your best teacher, sharing the knowledge that you've done, that you've experienced yourself and learning and developing it constantly and never ending improvements. Think what Tony Robbins um, came up with, can I? Constant and never ending improvement. Constantly learning and developing and growing as an individual in all walks of life, whatever it is for you, whatever your thing is. Um, but having a big enough compelling reason why, why it is you want to do these things will help you do them when it's raining outside, when it's cold, when it's dark, when you really just don't feel like doing it you remind yourself of those things. And remember, with um, the money plan, we get you to the compelling vision, uh, we get you to write it down the middle, and then we get you to put your one year, three year, five year, and 10 year goals uh, on a uh, A4 piece of paper. I'm doing it this way because this is what mine looks like. It's, it's laminated, 
It's um, landscape, and I have it in my bathroom when I clean my teeth in the morning. I have it in my gym when I go and work out. I have it in my journal as well, so it's folded there, and I read it there. I'm constantly reinforcing myself, um, not to be too highly strung, but just to say, hey, what am I doing now? Is it taking me closer towards or further away from where I want to be 12 months from now? Because I know my, if we look at our goals, we've got a compelling vision of what it is we want to achieve. We've got our one-year goals, we've got our three-year, five-year, ten-years. They kind of lead to each other. Then in the money plan, we talk about quarterly check-ins. So every 90 days, and we'll be coming up to a quarterly check-in at the end of March, and every 90 days, we check in and say, okay, this year I want to achieve X. Let's say 100 pounds. I want to save 100 pounds. It's just a, an example. I want to save 100 pounds. After three months, are we a quarter of the way towards that? Now, that might be, have I saved 25 pounds? Or it might be, I've put these things in place to enable me to earn the 100 pounds over the remaining um, 90, nine months, about 90 days, over the remaining nine months. So it's important you have these check-ins so that you don't wake up on 31st of December after your Christmas celebration, feeling bloated and maybe hung over on the 1st of January thinking, where did the year go? Where did the year go? It just went like that. Because folks, precious time is slipping away. You know, we don't live in a continuum. We don't live in this continuum that would just go on forever and ever and ever. Um, I, was, I was fortunate, I guess, in a way. I was fortunate to be there. It was a very sad occasion to be at a funeral yesterday um, for a very, very, very dear client. Um, she's been a client for a number of years. I enjoyed our conversations together. And when I left the funeral, it made me realize, and we all need this wake-up call, that precious time is slipping away. You know, we're all getting older. We're all getting more fragile, and we need to ensure we squeeze the juice of life out of it so we enjoy it. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting financially well-organized and getting financial freedom, freedom from the worries of money, so that we can focus on things that really matter, that really juice us and enjoy it. So our outcome really is to have a compelling vision. Why? Don't settle for anything that you, unless you really, really, really want it. Write down your goals, get excited, get juiced by it. Um, and find out what it is that's going to keep you going when you don't want to wake up in the morning, when it's just getting a little bit dark outside and a bit, bit hard for you. So then we say, okay, I need to earn some more money. Let's go back on track. So we need, we've got our reason why. We've done all the expenditure stuff, and we say, okay, we need to get more income coming in because Warren said we need at least 12.5% of income um, to save and pay off on our debt stuff. So we need to find some more things like that. So there are three areas that we can work on. Our main job. Okay, assume you've got a job or you're running your own business. Um, if you haven't, we'll still um, count, say, sort of thing. Um, an additional work or employment, part-time work, or a side hustle, so other things you can do in addition to those two things. So depending on how much time you have available, and don't fool yourself, because I think what often our jobs, our duties, expand the time available. I had a fantastic coach once called um, Doug Carter, and what he made me do is he made me carry a, a timer you maybe carry a timer, I think, for three days. And every three minutes, I think, it might have been five minutes, every three or five minutes, I had a sheet and I had to write down what I was doing. And at the end of the three days, I look back and I think it was something like 60 or 70% of my time was spent doing things which were not income-related during work time. It was really bizarre. It was really bizarre. And it was at that moment I realized how much time I was wasting. And actually, if I condensed my work into more focused periods of time, 
I could then free up more time outside of that to do other things that I really enjoy. I really enjoy my work, but to do more of that stuff that I enjoy. So let's look at your income, your main job as starters. What is it you do? Are you doing it to the absolute best of your ability? Step one. Is there any way you can add more value to your company? So can you add more value to your company? Can you go in and ask for a promotion? Can you say, okay, I've been doing this role for a certain period of time, I want to be doing this. Or if you're new to the job, can you go in and say, okay, I'm new to it, I'm really enjoying this work. What's the progression? Where do I go next? What's the future vision for my work? So you can plan out your income. How can we do that? How can we add more value to the company so therefore we potentially can earn more money? Can we go to our employer and say, can I pay rise? You know, I've done this, this, and this. I believe I'm adding value to the company. Can I have a pay rise? In quite often, if you're if you if you're not congruent inside, if you really don't think you have added value to your company, then perhaps you need to run that for a period of three months and add significant value, really focus on it, and then go to your you know, do the work and then ask. Don't ask and then expect a reward. Do the work, give, give, give. I've done this, this sort of go with evidence. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this over the last three months. I plan on doing the same and maybe this, this, and this, and this. May I have a pay rise? I believe this additional work justifies the reward, and I think you've benefited this way. And he's never probably, or she's probably never been asked for that information and presented that way, and they will then consider it. But if you don't ask, you won't get. Um, it's very, very important that you at least try this section. Another option is, can you add value to your company or bring business to your company that you work for and get paid a commission for it? So can you bring business in and then get paid a bonus or commission based on the work that you bring in? So for example, if your business sells a certain product, if you bring clients to the business, can they pay you a commission or a bonus based on the work that you've brought in? Would that be worthwhile? Is that something that you can do? Um, and if, if you're thinking of these things saying, look, you're Warren, this just is not possible. I work potentially for the NHS. Uh, we have a pay scale. Um, I can't do additional work. I can't bring, you know, I can't refer people and get paid more. Um, I can't do this, that, and the other. It's just not working. Can you change jobs? Can you change your job that you're in? And we've had money planners do this. So people have messaged me and said, thank you. I've read your book. I've done this. And I've actually now gone for a job and I've got a promotion or I've changed off, I've gone this way, and I'm now earning this much extra money, we're gonna keep our expenditure the same, and now I'm gonna save that excess, and actually, Warren, it's, in, it's in excess of the 12.5% that you suggested, so yeah, thank you so much, it's been amazing. So don't dismiss these things, because that, go back to psychology, that's a limiting belief. If you say you can't, it's a, normally it's a limiting belief. So if you can't, Tony Robbins say, if you can't, you must. If you can't, then you must do it, because then that opens up a new possibility of opportunities. Okay, so think about changing jobs. What is it you'd like to? Can you go somewhere else? Can you do a side step to get more money? Can you learn a new skill? Or do you have the skills but you just yet haven't um, put them forward to go for a promotion? So can you go for a promotion in your own company? Or if those things don't work, what do you really want to be doing? Can you learn a new skill? Can you learn a new skill so that when we're having this conversation 12 months from day, You've got that skill, and therefore you are able to go for that promotion. And if you don't know, ask. Go to your HR, go to your boss and say, look, I'm an average employee. I want to be an outstanding employee. I want to earn more money. What would need to happen for you to pay me more money? And then just shut up. Let them speak.
And they will probably come back and say, well, look, you need to add more value to the company. And if you did this, this, and this, this would be an opportunity for you. But remember, if we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always got. If we want to earn more money, we have to make change. And if we're working for somebody, we have to add more value than we're going to receive in return. Now, if you're running your own business, there's a great coach out there called Carl Reader. Carl's got his own podcast now, and um, he does lots of different things. He's been a bit of a mentor for me over the years. He's been a really good friend. Um, he starts out as an accountant. I believe he still is an accountant. He's more of a business coach. Um, and he's got some great ideas on his podcast as well that you might want to listen to. So some fantastic things on there about running your own business. I was on his show, I said last week, we did the recording last week, so I think it's coming out soon. Um, and he's got some great ideas about how to run your own business, little things you can do to improve your business. But one of the things I say to my clients is I work out what they're earning and I work out how many hours they're spending on their business, both physically in the office and then outside. And then I say, okay, well, you're earning this much money. And I did it for a guy the other day and he was very proud of what he was earning. Stuff. He was actually earning about 10 pounds an hour. Now, for an employee, that's probably okay wage. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, but actually, when you run your own business, you've got all the uh, responsibilities of everything else. Of you are HR, you are financial control, you are credit control, you are sales, you are marketing, you are um, managing director. That's actually not that much money. And therefore, I sort of said to him, is that what you want to do? Do you want to do that or do you want to change? Do you want to earn more money? And we had the conversation about developing that and improving that. But a great exercise you can do for people is working out, and do for yourself, sorry, if you're running your own businesses, how much did you bring in? If How much is your uh, net profit? Add on all your benefits that you might take from that pension contributions, that kind of thing. And then divide it by the total number of hours that you tend to work. Work out your hourly, weight, hourly rate. Um, and sometimes it can be quite shocking. So that's your main job. Okay, so remember there are three things that you can do. That's your main job. The second thing is part-time work. Don't dismiss having a part-time job, a secondary income stream. Now, remember, this isn't forever. This doesn't have to be forever unless you particularly enjoy it. I have some clients who do second jobs who do it because they love it. But we're doing it for an outcome, for our why, our vision, what it is we want to achieve. We're doing it because we want to make sure that we get our £1,000 saved, we get our three to 12 months, our expenditure saved after that, we get all our debts repaid. Um, and maybe you could run the side hustle, but, oh, sorry, the second income, um, just until you get onto the, okay, now I'm paying onto my mortgage and my pension, uh, or until your main job income starts increasing. But other sort of part-time work, there's so much out there. It would be silly for me to try and enlist all of them, but you can do things like bar work or restaurant work. You can do like house sitting or pet sitting. So looking after someone's house while they're away or looking after their pets, babysitting, looking after children. You know, adults go out, they want someone to look after their children. There is so much things, so many things to do. Tutoring, do you have a skill? Are you particularly good at maths, English, um, sciences, whatever it might be? Just doing a bit of tutoring, reading with children, that kind of thing. Um, or working in the gym or club, just doing extra work that way. There is a phenomenal amount of part-time work that you could do out there. And particularly with the gig economy where it's growing, there's so much other things. Um, delivery drivers, you know, Amazon is booming. Is there additional work you could do delivering parcels for people? Um, is there additional work you could do Uber driver, you know, set up an Uber business or something? Remember, don't dismiss these things who so you tried them. And also, what we're doing is we're exhausting all the different avenues so that we can get that 12 and a half percent, that magic first working hour of the working day to invest in ourselves, pay for ourselves. We get ourselves sorted financially once we're at that stage if you're not necessarily enjoying it you can stop it you don't have to keep these things going forever it's it's just a sort of a thing that you have to do to make sure that you really really get this money sorted out
And then the third thing, and three things, so main job, part-time job, and then a side hustle. Something you can do just like in the evenings, part-time, weekends, you kind of squeeze it in there um, when it's able to, uh, when you have a bit of free time. Uh, and if you Google side hustle on the internet, um, there's a girl called um, Emma Drew. She's fantastic at this sort of area. And I think she was on a friend of mine's podcast um, recently, um, Martin Bamford, Informed Choice. Uh, and that was very, very good. That was very, very good. Um, she did blogging. Okay, so just looking at some of the things you mentioned, blogging, selling items on eBay, Facebook Marketplace, this is something I do and my wife does regularly. We've always got something listed. It's just coming in. It's additional money that comes in. We just use that money and we put straight into investments. Um, surveys, online surveys, something I've never done myself. Mystery shoppers, I've got friends who do this. They love it. Um, mash betting. I don't know how that sits with me personally, morally and stuff, but hey, do you know what? If it works for you, it's not about me telling you what to, but if it works for you, that's great. Match betting is where these betting sites give you a free bet and you place it one way and then you put your own money on to place the other way. So it's a win-win. You know, I've never done it myself. I don't know the intricacies of it, but like I said, Emma Drew um, has some work on it and, and she seemed to sort of uh, promote it and enjoy it. Um, and then like I said, Uber driver, um, delivery drivers, that kind of thing. The lists are endless. Go through and um, list them all down. Start ticking them off the ones that you want to, but do something because... If we do what we've done, we'll get what we've got. We've got to get enthusiasm. But it all starts. Everything starts first in your mind. It's all about mindset. Making sure that you've got the mindset. What's your why? What is it you want? What's your outcome? What are you willing to do to get that? Successful people have things that others don't because they've done things that the others won't. You can define success however you want, whether it's financial, physically, relationships, emotionally, you know, people are in good shape, are in good shape because they're forgiven, they're foregone the nights out of the town, the pizzas, the curries, all that kind of stuff, and they're trained harder. They're not necessarily gifted genetically, some of them are, but generally speaking, when they're in shape for a long period of time, it's because they've given up things that others won't. In wealthy people, generally speaking, have worked and made decisions that other people won't. They've stepped outside of the box. So that kind of concludes today's um, podcast, YouTube video. So um, if wherever you're listening to this, please go and visit me on social media. Uh, link to me on Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter. Uh, we post this on, uh, on video on YouTube and we also upload it onto iTunes and all the other podcast channels and stuff as well. Um, and connect to me, feedback to me, tell me what you think. Leave me a review. I would appreciate it. Tell me what you think. Um, and go visit warrenshoot.com uh, for, for more information and we send out a weekly update every Friday called the Money Planner and that gives you a summary of what we've spoken about during the week now. so if you've missed it elsewhere you get a great um, update there but um, I appreciate you listening um, I wish you every success in your financial future like I said it all starts with mindset and I believe you can do it just follow the strategy take care have a great day